Salut tout le monde. Hey everybody, we are live. Uh, that was another fun win for the Montreal Canadiens. You know, uh, we're getting to the point where I think fans are starting to get less annoyed when the Habs pull out a win, and tonight was obviously an exciting one. We have a fantastic guest with us tonight, uh, Thibaut Chatel, who you see, he's with me live right now, so you see him right here. Um, now, he was busy tonight, okay? He was busy watching the uh, Cloton game right now, so Thibaut is a uh, hockey analyst, and uh, he has, or his company has a focus on the Swiss League, and we're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about David Reinbacker, the big change, big coaching change. Um, we're also going to talk about Nathan Beaulieu. Hey, hey Thibault, Nathan Beaulieu is, is in the mix now, isn't he? He is, he is. Uh, <laughs> and it's a good thing. Now. It's a good thing. It's a good thing, honestly. Yeah. Perfect. So we're going to talk about that, and uh, we're also obviously going to talk about that fun Habs game. Now I'm going to double check here to make sure I'm actually live with my audio. Hey, everything worked out. For once, I didn't have an issue with my internet. Also, great news for my internet. I just, just, just switched. So no more bell, no more issues. But I want to thank everyone for joining us. Hey, you're, you're, you're all fantastic. I understand it's a Saturday. Everyone's got things to do. We're going to keep this relatively quick because Thibault also has things to do. So um, we also, we already have questions. On voit Melissa Fournier-Martinez. So she's already asking questions in the chat. If you have a question about Reinbacker, we'll get into it. We'll talk about them. We will quickly, though, talk about the Montreal Canadiens tonight. Personally, and, and it's great that we're talking about prospects with Thibault, because um, there's a 19-year-old in Montreal that's playing quite well recently, and that is Yuri Slavkovsky. We're seeing a guy who's playing with confidence. We're seeing a guy who's um, driving the play. We're seeing a guy who set up Cole Caulfield a few times tonight, and that was just fantastic to see. So overall, um, I think we just have to be impressed by, by his recent play. And It's quite obvious, and, and everybody knows this. Once the coach stops trusting you in overtime or a three-on-three three, or, or, or the last few minutes in the third period in the shootout, there's an issue. Tonight, for the first time in a long time, Yuri Slavkovsky was on the ice in nine minutes. He was in the overtime, and he was in the shootout. Kind of run out of runway, the, runway there, but uh, still, it was a really good play from him. If you could all go ahead and like the stream, I would genuinely appreciate it, because that way, Steve would stop sending me mean text messages. He sends them at like four in the morning, and then I wake up with mean text messages from Mr. Dangle. Um, and yeah, subscribe if you can. We really appreciate it. Anyhow, thanks to everyone in the chat. I see our regulars. I see David's always here. David's Always here in first tier too. He's like uh, Michael Pozzetta, first guy on the ice. Same thing. We have, oh, we have double David. Double David duty tonight. So, um, well, you didn't get a chance to see this, but we're seeing an eclosion, as we'd say with the, in French. Uri Slavkovsky is finding his groove. And, uh, uh, I mean, not that there was too much pressure on him, but it's always an encouraging sign when a young 19-year-old is finding his groove. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about, about the 18-year-old playing in Switzerland, uh, we're seeing really just a, a guy who's playing with a lot more confidence. Now, I will say this before we get into it. That wasn't the ideal start by the Habs losing 2-0 to, to, to the Sharks, getting outshot by the Sharks, but we're going to forget all that. We're going to take the good tonight. We're just not going to talk about the bad whatsoever. We're going to go with the good, and we saw Nick Suzuki, amazing shootout goal, flawless. Um, Caden Primo, Played quite well as well. So we're talking about uh, a goalie who's been getting calls around the league. Teams are calling about Caden Primo. And I think that was a really good start. And it was a great opportunity for him, even though the Habs played poorly, 
to face a team that's not dominant, that's not a uh, a New Jersey Devils type uh, or, or or Vegas Golden Knights type team. So that was great as well. Um, if you have any questions, don't forget throw those into the chat. In about two minutes, we're gonna jump into the David Reinbacker uh, uh, talk. But I will say this: tonight we saw a better Mike Matheson. Also very interesting because he's had a, a down year, statistically speaking. But hey, he's the type of guy that even when he's playing poorly, he still has the ability to, to impact the game. And that's what we saw tonight from Mike Matheson. Uh, Nate is in the chat saying we need Monaghan on the second line with Slav. Well, I'll say this. And okay, last chat, people said I was being too mean to Josh Anderson. So coincidentally with the recent line changes Sean Monaghan has not been playing all that well <laughs> so uh we're seeing obviously a guy right now who who is kind of carrying his teammates we saw Tanner Pearson with a rough giveaway which led to a goal tonight Anderson wasn't covering his guy but Monaghan isn't playing all that well either so I don't want to blame it all on um on Monaghan but he might be a better option on that second line how however Nate as you see here we need Monaghan on the second line. I'll, I'm going to counter with, statistically speaking, Dvorak's been great. And Caulfield should have six more goals. And Slavkovsky has found his rhythm. So as much as I, I, I don't hate the idea of throwing Monaghan there, Dvorak hasn't been... Like, he doesn't have that talent, really, to, to play long-term with them. But for now, it's kind of working. And uh, they're creating chances. And that is great news. Uh, Leon... Uh, Kamitsis says, uh, Primo, great game tonight. Time to trade Allen. Hey, if it's going to be someone, it's going to be Samuel Montembeau or uh, Caden Primo. Jake Allen s'en va absolument nulle part. And another one from David saying he was really good tonight. But uh, yeah, he, he he's a bit shaky in the shootouts, as David mentions. It's not his um, best skill. And I'll say this, teams rarely practice them, okay? Even though... It's such an important factor for wins. Teams rarely practice their shootout. So, all right. If there's anything else you want to talk about from the game, get it out now or forever hold your peace. Get it out in the chat. We do have Thibault. I don't want to keep Thibault waiting too long. He is our Swiss expert, our uh, our, our data analyst. Uh, who? But you're still in Montreal, right, Thibault? I'm in Oshlaga, Montreal. Oshlaga. Well, there you go. So yep. you're, you are here, but you do keep a close eye on Swiss games, which is fun because it happens during the game, uh, during the day. We had a change in Switzerland recently, right? So Cloten, who a lot of people get weird when I talk about Reinbacker. People that hate him, any play I put on, they're like, oh, you're just hyping him. Anytime I put a mistake, people are saying I'm trying to trash him. I want to hear from you, because you are the expert here. And I've only watched five of his games. I watched zero of his games last year. I'll be honest. I'm going to start off. I haven't seen that talent, that raw talent that led to him being a fifth overall pick but we're going to give you an opportunity to to, to, to tell us what i'm missing because again i'm far from perfect i mean just just look at me uh so we'll get into that real quick and finally before we get to it um i wanted to let everyone know in the chat that we'll be back tomorrow for one last game on the weekend the west coast trip so Tsubo, what am i missing when it comes to to david reinbacher because i complain just like anyone else i got a big yep. mouth uh, but then you show me these numbers and they're looking very, very encouraging. So, so what's the lowdown, the emotionless lowdown on David Reinbacher right now? I think the, for a player that age, um, we need to remember that every season is like a new beginning of something. It's not like a 25, 26 players in one season and just following up the, the, uh, the previous one and, and he should be, you know, on the path, you know, moving on for for his career 
he gained a lot of weight and high this summer. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I remember watching the first game he played in, in Cloton coming back from the Montreal camp and it was like, who's this guy? I mean, he's enormous. He's, <laughs> he's gigantic. He's the tallest guy in the league. It's, and you can clearly see he's struggling right now with his skating, adapting to his new uh, physical reality. So just in that sense, it is not the same player than he was last year just because of that. I mean, his body changed. Simple as that. Um, and on top of that, you had the fact that Cloton changed his coach this summer just because the previous coach wanted to step down for personal reason. Okay, so that, that, that the coach that came in this year, who, let's be honest, it was a rough going. That was brand new. Was he? A, did he have previous? I know he was a Michel Terrien student. Student. I laughed at that. Yeah. Fleming, which is which is which is funny <laughs> because as you and I, we talk a lot on Twitter, and we were yeah. saying they didn't trust Asat with. Um, you're the one that mentioned that with their coach, but they trusted Reinbacher with a, a Michel Terrien student. Hey, we're not here to throw any stones at Michel Terrien, but that that's that was a curious that, that, decision to put it mildly. <laughs> yeah, that that was funny. Um, so yeah, he, he, he was new in town and the previous coach, we, I mean, who had pretty good result last year. I mean, Cloton was just back in National League from the second level mm-hmm. and they ended up playing the pre-playoff round and losing 2-1. to one. That's the best of three series against a good team of Bern. So mm-hmm. that was a good result, but he wanted to step down for personal reasons. So they brought him uh, Jerry Flaming and who happened to know a lot of people inside the Montreal organization, which helped getting the trust of the Montreal Canadiens organization, sending back David Heimbacher uh, to Cloton. That's fine. Yeah. Um, it's but classic the, in hockey. Eh? It's a lot more about who you know than anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know the guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sure he's a great guy too, but yeah, the, the credentials I'm are... I'm sure. Great. I mean, personally speaking, that's not the question. On the ice... Cloton was a much worse team than last year. They were a mess. Yeah, yeah. They were a mess. You could not see the offensive strategy when they wanted to achieve. I mean, for sure, they do not have the best roster in the league, but they still have a handful of great uh, skilled guy. you know. Um, they brought in a couple of veteran defensemen to gain some depth defensively. Mm-hmm. They have a Finnish goaltender who, uh, who was great in the KHL before coming to Switzerland last season. So pretty pretty rock solid in the net. But still, it was a mess. I mean, transition-wise, offensively, special teams, nothing was going on. I mean, there are 14 teams in the National League and they were 13th in expected goals percentage at 5-on-5. Five five. So they were struggling a lot a lot and a lot. I'll, I'll be honest i had a chance to watch one game where it was right after the Reinbacker injury so he wasn't or sorry i can't pronounce it properly like you do um, i'm not even the... sure i'm doing it right but <laughs> well i love when 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 he went to the, when he when he was talking to the media here and he's and they're asking how, how do you actually pronounce your name he's like ah you guys won't get it and it's like I don't thank care. you thank you for dumbing it down for us dummies <laughs> i really appreciate it but um i believe he was playing against uh, vincent's uh, uh, um, lions yeah yeah and i know zurich's strong but he, without reinbacker in the lineup they were 10 times worse than with Ryan Backer in the lineup. So at least you see like that there's a discrepancy. An 18-year-old's already making an impact at that level is still fairly impressive. Um, but now there are reinforcements, right? Yeah, there are. So the good news is new coach 
And just before that, um, they sent back to Sweden their Swedish defensemen. So quick reminder, every team in the Swiss National League is allowed to ice six, six import players six. every night. Okay. So six out of 20, basically, mm-hmm. uh, because you, have, you can have 13 forwards and seven defensemen or 12, eight or whatever. Um, so they had one Swedish guy and they were not happy with him for... I don't know why, because his stats looked amazing. <laughs> I mean, honestly, but whatever, it could be something in the he got, room. He got, yes, you learned in there. He, got, he was good, but he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he wasn't I'm not judging. <laughs> so the guy is back to famous Hoglo in, in Sweden and where he came from, whatever. So with Adam Engstrom. But, yeah. So they bring back the Nathan Bollier. The Nate the Great. Nate the Great. The famous Nate the Great. Um, uh, we, we didn't have a contract in the NHL, obviously. And um, the good new thing and what people need to realize, because I saw some stuff on Twitter say, I mean, if Bolio getting the top time on ice, it's, I mean, it's really messy, whatever, whatever. Um, Nathan Bolio, when he signed in Cloton, I was chatting with, uh, obviously, my, my colleague, Sidek, as analyzed that, and a journalist in Sweden, I mean, in Switzerland. He is exactly the kind of player that can have uh, a really meaningful career in Europe. Oh God, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I got one. I got the chance to watch one game, but he was taking advantage of that open ice, and I oh, believe yeah. it was his first game. He got twenty-five minutes. He was the most. Now that that that's the coach that got fired, but he yeah. looked great out there. He was honestly opening up the play. Oh so yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. It. I mean, you still have like above average skating, and now on a big ice. He has an NHL shot. Mm-hmm. He is so strong physically compared to most of the European players. He got in a few scrums in the first few games. It was so funny because he was just like pushing guys in one, with one hand. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the, the final repercussion of that is that today, first game with a new coach, mm-hmm. uh, which I was the GM who stepped down behind the bench uh, for now. Okay. And Heinbacher was placed with Beaulieu on the top pair of the team. So right when, shot and right... And Beaulieu is a righty, righty, right, I think, I believe? He's a lefty. Is, he's lefty. Oh, well, there you go. Perfect. So it's left, right, perfect. And we need to know that last year, for most of the season, and at the beginning of the season, Heinbacher was playing with team captain um, Steve Kellenberger mm-hmm. in Kloten, which is a very veteran defenseman. Not bad at all. Just two-way guy, that experience, and they probably placed him with him just like, hey, the young guy is going to learn from the old guy kind of things. Yeah. Um, but it was a struggle this season. They had really good numbers last year, and I think we highlighted that uh, at the draft. Like, the goal differential was the only positive in the team, et cetera, et cetera. It's a great but it was sign, a struggle yeah. this season. Um, so just putting Heinbacher with Beaulieu as the true top pair in the team mm-hmm. is really interesting uh, in itself and tonight they beat number one team in the standings Fribourg Gauteron Fribourg Gauteron is actually first right now I didn't even check I just they remember were, they, Max Pacioretty's yeah. terrible uh, terrible three weeks there uh, during the lockout but uh, yeah yeah <laughs> Fribourg first the one with the open arena right uh, no that's Embry oh, Embry Priota okay Embry Priota okay yeah, yeah. And they, I'm, they changed I'm way off on everything tonight there <laughs> No, no. But yeah, Fribourg is, is a top of the standings, uh, even though it's a bit of a PDO team, like above average, but high PDO team. So they're mm-hmm. due for some losses, but still like Clotten got pretty much dominated tonight. 
but the Beaulieu Heimbacher pair, 68% of expected goals on ice at five on five. The rest of the team is like under 40. So that's a shoot like for okay. So for those that aren't familiar with it, expected goals is essentially a metric that takes all the information and tries to project how much going forward these guys will control. So it's expected goals, not necessarily goals. And anything yep. above, let's say we're getting to 52 to 55 is looking pretty good. Anything Over below 45 yeah. is, is a disaster. So what you're telling me yeah. is that the entire team was a disaster, but Beaulieu, God, yeah, Beaulieu, Nate the Great's back and uh, Reinbach played very well. Yeah, yeah. No, no. They, they dominated, dominated the game when they were on the ice mm -hmm. against a top team in the league. Mm -hmm. And when they were not on the ice, Clotin just crumbled. Which, which is basically. kind of what I'm seeing all the time. With That's why I wasn't too overly worried during his bad games because the rest of the team was bad. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. And uh, and the other interesting thing is that he got uh, power play one duty. Oh, okay. So for those that don't know, when Beaulieu jumped into the lineup, it actually, at first, it looked like it was going to hurt Rohan Bahia's usage because he got power play two and no PK. Is that correct, Bull? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, because, yeah, one of the not so good thing at the beginning of the season was, is that Rohan uh had a bit of PP2 time, like the second wave. And remember in Switzerland, so if you consider that you have maybe four import forwards, like a couple of Swedish guys, a couple of Finns, um, your first power play, you put all of them together. It's like your main striking force, right? And then you got so the rest. <laughs> and then you got five Swiss guys trying to handle the second wave. Um, so Heinbacher had a bit of second wave time, but other Swiss defensemen were given power play time as well instead of him mm -hmm. um and then Bolu came in and he got pp one time and heinbacher got a bit of pp two time whatever but tonight first wave of power play foreign port players and heinbacher at the blue line quarterback which is great news I, I which is great when i was watching i believe it was actually kellenberger was getting that the, the 1d position um my question to you, because I'll, I'll admit the game I saw was probably one of his worst, but you, we, we spoke and you had the same impression. His decision making was off. Um, like the mobility is off and that you're understandable because it's the knee, mm -hmm. but his timing was off. He was, I mean, there were two giveaways that essentially led directly to goals. Um, how was his decision making? Because we can't forget here. Still, I know people aren't going to like hearing this, but he's very young. So how was Reinbacher's decision-making? Now that he's, what, that's his third game after the injury? How, how's he looking out there? Yeah. Um, he was looking a bit better mm -hmm. tonight. Like, the team was looking more punchy overall. So I think that helped him. I mean, he jumped uh, on the offensive a couple of times in the first period. I mean, really more um, going east-west as well on the, at the blue line, the offensive zone. Okay. So that was really good. Uh, I mean, if you look at his number overall this season, I mean, we, we've tracked all these games, obviously, and he's, he's close to top 10 percentile, top 10% in the league amongst defensemen like for... breakouts and uh, what else? I should pull it yeah. up. But he's, I, mean, I mean, the numbers are looking very, very good. The numbers are looking very, very good. And I'm looking at those numbers. They're all green, like almost top 10 percentile. Mm -hmm. He improved a lot on what was missing last year, which was breakouts. creating breakouts leading to shots, mm -hmm. um, improving his zone entries in control and not just dumping the puck, even if there's a lot of team system behind that. 
and he's making more shot assist inside the offensive zone as well. All of this is great. And so despite looking weird by the eye test, yeah. despite looking funky in his skating and everything, he's still producing stuff. Well, that's you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I always <laughs> say he's like a cross between Galchenyuk and Subban when he skates. He's, he looks really awkward when he yeah. skates, right? But that, I mean, that's just the tall, lanky guy look. And it did not last season. So he just needs to adapt to it. So maybe a few too many Putsins in, uh, in Montreal. I know they asked him to hit the gym hard, but at 18, I mean, adding a, a bunch of muscle and mass is always a little tougher to adjust to. Now, let's be realistic. We're eight games in, right? That was the eighth game today. Mm-hmm. One goal, empty net goal, one assist. I love Two. what you're saying, but do you feel house fans have the are on the right track saying like, hey, listen, we love hearing all these micro stats and they're hearing them about Slavkovsky now, but they'd want to see a little bit more in terms of uh, uh, plays you can identify. You're like, man, that's going to work in the NHL. Do you feel like that's coming? Because I'll be honest, when I watched them, none of that. Like I was, If I would have watched it without knowing it was a Reinbacher, that, that was the Habs pick, I wouldn't have known that this guy is a top five pick. So again, could be ignorance on my part, but uh, what are you seeing that he could translate to the NHL eventually? Um, I'm trying not to say anything that could be taken out of the context. No, no. Hey, listen, well, no, no, but you're uh, not the, be, be, if it's fair, it's no, fair, no, right? it's, I mean, obviously, realistically, if you took the guy drafted fifth overall last season and you would have thought like, is step up the next season in his development, mm-hmm. it would not have looked the way it is, it is looking right now. But the physical changes, the team environment, he only played eight games. It's not even a meaningful sample or whatever. Like he has three points. He put up an assist tonight. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So giving just one more point, four out of eight, and he's over his production of, from last year. Half You're a right. point. Yeah, he was under half the, a point. It's, the, it's like, it's, it's, it's... Absolutely. Um, and also, it's very important, but we can't forget, one of those games that he played, he got injured, uh, I believe, at the end of the second period, or first period. And Oh, first period, yeah. Yeah, uh, when he hit that awkward uh, in the boards, and then the half of his games were coming back from a knee injury, right? So I, I don't want to yeah. be the ones that are creating all the excuses, but these are the realities of the situation. The reality of the situation is he still has his vision. Mm-hmm. Like first pass is excellent. Mm-hmm. He can make a great strong stretch pass from his defensive zone to the offensive blue line, finding guys that are on their way um, to the attack. You can see when he was on power play one duty tonight, you can see how smooth he was compared to five on five play, just patrolling the blue line, mm-hmm. um, skating, using his cross skating uh, to go east west on the power play and finding guys. He set up a couple of assists, I think, in, in, in his first shift there. He still has that. He, the one thing I like from this summer is, is the, um, the use of his stick defensively. To deny zone entries. On the rush, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he gained, I don't know how many centimeters he gained this summer, just, um, but when he's closing up to the guy, I mean, he can deny zone entries at a pretty good rate. So he uses um, his wingspan efficiently. Oh, yeah. Which is, it's if actually one of the greatest stats when you, w- wingspan is very important in hockey. We don't talk about it a lot, more in goalies, mm-hmm. but defensemen as well. And 
But if he's at full speed, mm-hmm. yeah, he can be cru- he can be crushed by an initial skating guy like he did tonight on the first goal um, from Fribourg. They were playing four on four, so more open ice. Mm-hmm. And I think it was uh, Lucas Walmart, ex NHL player, that just got yeah. around him along the board. Oh, yeah. Just he, he couldn't fall. Like he 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 had to pivot, and just these people lost him on the ice. Okay. It's gonna come. It did not happen last year. Last year he was really good at that. See, that's why that's why I'm not I'm holding off because I know you watch more than him. But again, everything I've seen this year has been negative. So if you're telling me that that this didn't happen last year. I guess it's seeking out the issue and it's it's obviously as you mentioned the mass but I still feel like it's legitimate like some fans got upset that others were mentioning Reinberg I still feel like it's a little legitimate that Habs have some Habs fans have some concerns about him right now right I mean they can but it's only eight games it's basically a new player mm-hmm. um for sure would have liked him to step up and play 25 minutes and just crush the numbers on points production, but his team his team is legitimately bad. Mm-hmm. He's leading his team on expected goals percentage at five on five. He's still the best defenseman on the team, even how weird he has been lo- looking. Let's talk about it in January or February or something. I mean, last season he was discovering the top level and it also took him like a month or two to just adapt to the speed and and yeah, get his gap control at the blue line and then he looked like the, the fifth picked overall that he became so yeah it's weird it's not what we could have expected it's not like montreal drafted a scoring winger that is piling on point in junior hockey in canada because mm-hmm. that would have been easy no He's a, he just turned 19. He's playing one of the top team in top league in the league against top players that have like top AHL level, bottom NHL level kind of guy. Yeah. And he's facing them night after night. Yeah, and he's making, I mean, we can, it's clear the difference when he's in and out of the lineup now. I see some people sarcastically talking about the strength of the NL and sarcastically talking about Nathan Beaulieu. Well, hey, let's, let's be honest. I know Nathan Beaulieu wasn't an all-star, but this is a guy up until last year that was playing in the NHL that has almost 500 games played, almost 100 points. So let's cool it on, on insulting these pro guys. And I'll say this, um, there's been several studies that have come out that have pointed to the NL being right there with the AHL above the KHL in terms of overall strength. So we have to readjust how we look at these European leagues. It's not just the war. The KHL has been having a hard time paying guys left and right. So there's, there, there, it's not a great area for imports to go. The Swiss League overall is a much healthier place for these guys to head to. And they get paid better. They're playing against better competition. Oh, yeah. So change your opinion about the Swiss League. Like, I mean, that's that's the way I look at it. How do you look at it, Zbo? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the um, and I wrote about that at length at the moment of the draft. I mean, people do not know about the Swiss League because it doesn't produce prospects as much as the Swedish League or the Finnish Liga. But yeah. just because of the six imports rule, and it was four two years ago, just okay. four. So if your your young guy is not Swiss or Austrian like Heinbacher, but having played all his junior, is not eligible to be playing in Switzerland. And no team is going to use one of their import license on a 17, 18 year old just giving time. Because if you're losing too many games, you can face relegation and go down to the second league, which is crushing your organization financially and 
like in soccer you don't you just don't want that yeah especially, so, especially i mean Clotten isn't exactly a, a huge team right Sibu? no it's 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 an historical franchise mm -hmm. and they've been champions in the past but it just got up back to the national league and they were in that second level which two i years love ago. promotion relegation i know it's never going to come here but it, i wish it would I really wish it's it a stress. Good. It's a real stress. Yeah, well, then that way the Chicago Blackhawks wouldn't get rewarded with generational talents, you know, come Debarra, Debarra, les poubelles. Yeah, because, I mean, Tottenham was really looking to being in the pre playoff again this season. So between the seventh and the tenth place in the standing. Mm -hmm. And now there are 13th, and the 13th and the 14th team are playing a play down series. And the loser is facing the champion from the second level. Yeah, that's the play out. And the loser of this one can go down. So even if there is a strong defense mechanism to forbid teams to go down, you still can go down and you don't want to take the risk of it. I absolutely love that. Hey, listen, I know it's, I know you have to run. Okay, so whenever you have to run, that's fine. We're going to keep the stream going. You're just going to turn into a black box uh, when you leave the, uh, the chat. But um, maybe just give us your final thoughts on what to look for for Ryan Bahar and um, what Montreal Canadiens fans, how much patience should they have in his case? Because I know we say that word a lot, but if he's just a Tony, sorry, he just turned 19 years old, um, a very, very young player playing a tough position in one of the top leagues on earth. So what's what's really, how should we look at this David Rambahar situation in Switzerland? I mean, the way the game looked like tonight, what was we were hoping for? Yes. Top per minute. That's what I was hoping for when I looked. That's why I was so worried because yeah, I, yeah. I think I caught his worst games. Top per minutes with a strong defenseman. And yes, Nate Beaulieu didn't have the NHL career that people were hoping he would have. But Still a one, top 1% one in the world, you know? Like... Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and I mean, in 10 seconds, you have to think that it's a game of roles, right? If you're Cole Caulfield, you play top six or you're not playing in the NHL. If you're Nate Bollier and you didn't crush the top four position, you hang out for a couple of years and then you don't have a place because you don't have a role. Mm -hmm. But he's still a guy with an offensive defenseman, physical, fast skating, and he just becomes a top two defenseman in the Swiss or the Swedish or the Finnish leagues. Yeah, well, that's the other part that's... I mentioned. If he was playing for Rogel right now, well, I bet you he would even would put maybe be playing with Adam Engstrom right now. You know, that's how it yeah. might go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So top pair of minutes with an NHL almost caliber defenseman. They'd be great. A better coach. We'll see about that. <laughs> I don't know. I just, Hopefully. I don't know. Someone mentioned um, in the chat that he only, uh, he only studied under Terrier for like two years and like he shouldn't wear that stain. And you know what? Fair enough. It's just La Presse came out with a, with a thing like Etudia yeah. de Terrien, and then 12 minutes later, he got fired. So that's 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 the joke <laughs> there. Yeah, we'll see how he goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's it. And poor play time on the first wave with all the imports is uh, going to pile points there more than he was doing before. And PK time, I think it's very important because that's going to be his usage in the NHL as well. So, I mean, finger cross. Let's look back in 10, 15 games and we'll see what happens. And that's a really important point because like you're talking about, we're talking about maybe 150 minutes right now. It's, it's just not a huge sample size, but things are getting better. Um, and and obviously, I know Cloten's having a hard time. Before you go real quick, do you think he comes back to Laval immediately or now that Cloten is, a, oh, you got your kid there? You got the five-year-old there? Yeah, okay. Um, so before you go, does he stay for that play out? If the, uh, oh, I, I think you went, uh, I think you got muted there, buddy. 
No, no, I get me because he's talking a lot. Oh, okay. Um, so, do you think he ends up playing with uh, Cloten for the last uh, uh, for the playout, or because people are saying at that point he should be to the Laval? I'm thinking just let him be right now in the Swiss league, right? Yeah. No, he's gonna talk. He's gonna play all the way to the end of the season, and I mean. If Cloten ends up still playing in the playdown, mm -hmm. they will need everybody to just ensure they don't have to play a relegation series. So no, no, and he, he still has to finish his school. Remember, that's one of the reasons he went back to Sweden as well. So he oh, has yeah. to finish his school. But for sure, we will see him in Laval for the last handful of games of the season in the playoff, I guess. Okay. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying too. He'll probably end up there as soon as possible, but it's good to know yep. that uh, the playout He'd play the play out. And next year, by all intents and purposes, we don't know, but he's in Laval next year, right? Oh, he's in Laval next year. Yeah, yeah. No, he's in Laval. For sure. <laughs> yep. All right. Hey, listen, I know you got to, he's not on camera right now. So that, so just so you know, but uh, we, we, we're really happy. I know you got to take care of some important things. Thank you so much for joining us. Thibault. Uh, we're going to, you can, Pleasure. you can just close that zoom meeting. I'm going to go on solo, but I do appreciate it. And you can find Thibault at uh, Thibault Chatel, Thibault with a D uh, underscore Chatel. Yep. Under, so Thibaut, T-H-I-B-A-U-D, Chatel, or no, uh, Chatel, C-H-A-T-A-L, uh, on Twitter. And uh, check out, uh, what website should we be ch checking you out on? Uh, so the website of uh, the company is analyzedata.com. Um, so we have a paywall if you have to access the, the, the cool data that we track by hand, but the... The league's data that we manipulate is uh, free access. And it's a fantastic so. resource. He's, for those that wonder when Reinbacher got drafted, everyone ran to Thibault because nobody had any idea what the hell they were talking about. <laughs> so again, tonight, it was clear that I didn't know what I was talking about. So I do thank you, Thibault, and I appreciate you taking the time. I know we kept you a little longer, but uh, merci no beaucoup for coming on. And uh, like like uh, someone mentions in the chat there, Melissa Fournier-Martinez, it's good to hear from the pro because there's a lot of people like me that get their impressions throw them on twitter but i'm glad to hear from someone that's in the know that watched them yesterday so thank you very much for joining us pleasure all right so that was thibault chatel uh, oh there you go hold on one second i'm gonna get my face in here oh i oh <laughs> sorry guys here's what we're gonna do is i'm gonna readjust this real quick <laughs> i didn't uh, think this one out anyways what we're gonna do now is ah look at my face ah Okay, we're going to do some mid-stream. Oh, my God. It's way too close to my face. We're going to do some mid-stream adjustments here, everybody. Well, that's close enough, right? <laughs> Sorry, this is not very professional. I didn't think about this part of it. Thibault had to go take care of his uh, kids. Well, whatever. We're going to finish it with just my big old head right there. Uh, I do want to thank absolutely everybody for um, joining us today. And if, if you want to talk Habs, I'll stay on a little bit more. I'm going to back up a little bit because my head's a little too close there. But uh, if you have any questions about the Habs, we're talking about Jesse Yulinen, who, in my opinion, probably deserved a better fate uh, than getting stapled to the bench tonight. We're talking about a guy who's uh, um, playing well, in my opinion, you know, and, and I don't want to get into the whole Josh Anderson rant again, but we're seeing a guy who's outplaying a guy like Josh Anderson, right? And he's, he's not getting those minutes. But I will say this, tonight, St. Louis impressed me. Not only... Did he play Safkovsky in the last dying minutes? He played him in overtime in the shootout. And also, did everyone see the play to start overtime? Because I give Martin Saint-Louis a lot of crap for his lack of tactics, okay? Now, the issue is that when it comes to Martin Saint-Louis, his, his strategy adjustments aren't great. But tonight we saw in overtime, 
we saw a guy who came to overtime with a fantastic strategy. Christian Dvorak took the face off, got off at the far end or at the close end. Cole Caulfield got off at the far end on the bench and then they had a really high, high danger scoring chance. So that was fantastic. All right. So, um, we're going here. Uh, Logan asks, how do you feel about Adam messing up two Habs facts and back to back podcasts? Well, they just have to ask the Habs experts. I'm right here. Uh, we, we never get anything wrong. Oh man, my face is way too huge. I really want to adjust this. Could everyone... Hold on one second. Let's see how... Oh, there you go. There you go. That's a lot. There you go. My, my terribly huge face isn't as bad anymore. We're doing better here. All right. Do minute. I'll just, I'm just going to adjust myself so it looks better. Okay. Um, we also saw Cole Caulfield scored a 5-on-5 five five goal, and that is absolutely fantastic. That is a guy who needs to find his rhythm, and he did find his rhythm. I still think he's playing well with Dvorak. Uh, I still think he's actually having a very good season with Dvorak, but I understand some people want to see him with Sean Monaghan, so that's fair. Um, he said Allen was a francophone. Well, yeah, okay. He's, Allen speaks French, I believe, a little bit, but he's not a francophone. Yes, you're right. Uh, but New Brunswick, right? Everyone has a little bit of French, so yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> split personality. Yes, I do. Sorry, I'm the old man. Okay, nobody saw it last stream. I went live with my, I was muted, and I spent five minutes like staring at the. <laughs> it was like if you zoomed your grandparents. That's what people had for five minutes. Um, Trinka asks, "Is Dvorak good? I think he's been okay. I really think he's been okay. I just feel like he has doesn't have the talent maybe to compliment a guy like Slavkovsky and." Um, Caulfield, but I don't think he's been the issue on that line. And tonight they con they controlled about seventy percent of the scoring chances, so that is really good on Dvorak's uh, on Dvorak's part. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, and Jack Campbell broke fifty year old games. Oh, okay, yeah. See, Adams can't be quoting the halves without talking to the experts. Adam, I will give him this. I will always respect a man that when he did the hot hot ones with Andrew. Adam was like, I was accusing him of cheating because he wasn't putting enough hot sauce, but he actually was. And it was just, Andrew was turning into a bright tomato <laughs> and Adam could have eaten wings all day long. And that's exactly my style. Uh, I can't do hot ones because I would just be eating wings. I love spice. So that, that was funny to see. Um, yeah, Trinka mentions quiet good. I think Dvorak has been quietly efficient. And I, again, I get why people want him off that line, but right now it's working. The top line... Brennan Gallagher's working on the top line. They played well again today. Um, Alex Newhook's finding his rhythm. So, you know, it, it, if you're going to break it up, I think you'll wait for a time where their numbers are really bad. And that's just not the case right now. Uh, Melissa Fournier-Martinez, who I'm not sure if it's the first time you join us, but merci, bienvenue. Um, who has impressed you the most with Slav in the last four or five games? Well, I think Slavkovsky's been the best forward, right? We can say that. Um... It's not always a good sign when your 19-year-old is the best forward, but he's playing with confidence. Uh, we saw him tonight, like that that two-on-one, I get it. He hit the crest, essentially it wasn't the best shot, but he didn't hesitate. Like he knew he was shooting. He was kind of trying to sell it. Um, but I will say this, other than Sapkowski, Jaden Struble has looked great in the last two games. Jaden Struble has been, in my opinion, very, very good, S quiet, simple, but efficient, right? Like he's doing all the stuff that made Jonathan Kovacevic really good last year. You know, like just keeping it really simple. So, but speaking of my boy, Johnny Kovacevic, I, I finally wrote, I admitted on Twitter, I'm like, it hasn't been the best year. He's joining the rush too often. We know St. Louis asked him to join the rush. 
and then he goes and he scores. But it was Jaden Struble on that play. He sold that shot so well before he passed it to Kovacevic. And what that does is the goalie, when you're set, and then you, you, know, you actually have to reset before the second shot. So Struble froze. Struble froze him. And that's what the Habs need more. It's a little more pre-shot movement and uh, freezing the goaltender. So, yeah, I'll... Uh, oh, usually a lurker. Well, welcome. Welcome, welcome, Melissa. No more lurking. You're in it right now. And it's good because we're actually missing a couple of our... our I can't believe Claire and Kay aren't here. I'm never going to forgive them. Hey, it's Thanksgiving for everyone. So I do appreciate everyone that came in here. I really do like it. Um, if you can also, don't forget, like the stream and subscribe. Uh, Bernardo, Sunya, you asked the same thing. We hate Josh Anderson. No, I don't. But would you, a guy who has, what, one point this year, would you would you be playing him on the power play? Would you be giving him even third-line minutes while a guy like Yulinen, who's out outplayed him just in a handful of shifts against the Stanley Cup champions, you know what I mean? So it's not a matter of hating. I don't hate any players, but it's the fact of the matter is he's not playing well right now and he's dragging down absolutely every line he goes on. So I guess facts hate Josh Anderson right now. But the reality is he's not playing well. So it's not a matter of me not liking Josh Anderson. Hey, when he played well last year, I gave him a ton of credit. It's just not happening this year. You know what I mean? So that's it's not a it's not a matter of hate. It's a matter of welcome to reality. Um, Francois Guerini mentions uh, Slav was really good in my eyes. Yeah, I, I think it was one of his most complete games. And you saw in the second period after he shot right on the crest there, or was it first period? Either way, yeah, he had that no-look pass to Cole Caulfield. Now, that was his vision. So he actually, one of the issues with Slavkovsky in early games is he had a hard time really seeing where people are and predicting. And this time around, he kind of took a snapshot before he turned around. So he knew exactly where Caulfield was. And uh, I think that was just his best pass so far this year. And it was a really good scoring chance for Cole Caulfield. So you saw on the Kovacevic goal as well, it was him creating chaos in the crease, right? So, gros banam, comme on dit, like my friend Benoit Brunet would say. Um, and he used his body properly. We're seeing a guy who's leading. He's a lot more confident. He's not always diverting to his opponent, uh, to his line mates for passes. So, I, I really feel it's been his best stretch since he's joined the NHL. Now, he had a really good stretch last year, right before the World Juniors. And that was why everyone said, hey, keep him here. Then the ice time went down. What's key now is that St. Louis is giving him good ice time, like we saw. St. Louis used him for the first time in forever. Has Martin St. Louis ever used Slavkowski in overtime? I don't know. But he did tonight, and uh, he used him in the shootout as well. Absolutely fantastic. I would like to see more uh, more usage of a guy like Yulinen, but I get why, at the same time, you're shortening your bench in the third period, right? It's just the fourth line has been more effective than the third line recently. So, you know, it's not it's not the best for Yulinen, but hey, man, he shows that, especially tonight, he didn't play since the second period. He scored in the shootout. He's showing that he's a guy who doesn't have to necessarily always be uh, hot to, to come in and score. So that's a, it's a good thing. And he has shooting talents. You're never going to lose that. Um... Yeah, David mentions, should they not use Caulfield in the first three shooters? Yeah, I think everything's been overstated right now about Cole Caulfield. Like, I get it that he hadn't scored a 5-on-5 five -five goal, but historically he's scored tons of 5-on-5 five -five goals. I get that um, he hadn't scored when he was placed on that second line, but he had a ton of scoring chances. So, yeah, he's 0-4 this year. I think historically he's not that great. And he's kind of like Thomas Plekanec in that sense that... He was better if he had a guy chasing him. If he has a little too much time, 
he doesn't always score, but uh, he's still one of the best players on the team. So I, I, it doesn't surprise me that he gets used, you know, as one of the first guys. Like, I wouldn't hesitate to use him before Monhan or Slavkovsky or anything like that. You know, he still has that absolute talent. So... Uh, yeah, so Trinka mentions, oh, absolutely. We're talking about if you guys are still, do you guys really think that I'm mad at, oh, it was about Gallagher. Yeah, no, and Gallagher, he's been playing very well. And I think everyone kind of raised an eyebrow when he got put in the first line, but props to Martin Saint Louis. That was a good call. He's creating time and space for Newhook and um, Suzuki. And I think this is the best Newhook has looked since those early days with Safkovsky and Doc. This is now that Gallagher and Suzuki are there. It's the best that he has looked at. Okay, we're going to wrap it up pretty quick because we're running at, what, 45 minutes, and I promised a quick one for you tonight. Uh, question from Mark's floating head. Yes, okay, I should have adjusted this before the before the uh, the show went live, but I am wearing a, um, a Strumpf shirt. I'm not sure if you can see it. I have a kick-ass Papa Strumpf shirt who says, Qui est ton papa? Um, is it time for Tanner Pearson and Yessi Yulinen to switch places? Yeah. Absolutely. I think tonight we're seeing a guy with Pearson where it's that he's hitting the wall, right? That veteran wall. He's a guy who's had a lot of injuries, hasn't played a lot recently. And uh, that play where they scored, like everyone's going to crap on um, Josh Anderson on that play because he wasn't covering Mike Hoffman, but it was Tanner Pearson. He had the puck on his stick. Easy way out. Like, like the clear was there. And I'm not big on just get the puck out, but that was the play. Came back in scored i think we're seeing a guy who who's maybe needs a little bit of a, a break possibly even watching it from you know the press box but overall we weren't expecting much from pearson but it would be nice to give a little bit of a promotion to yesi yulinen oh yeah well melissa mentions when you do slavkovsky i thought that was a great play tonight but we're seeing the difference in talents like just raw talent of a guy like nick suzuki that was so easy for him to score so, um, and Slavkovsky's not quite there yet, but he had a, I mean, he beat Blackwood. He just ran out of, uh, he didn't have enough runway, right? That's, uh, that's absolutely him. And, and I'd even try using him at one point, if you break up that line, I would try using him on the, um, on the uh, first line at one point as well. Might as well. And, oh, Logan Bertin mentions that this is really cool. Been watching RDS to improve your French. I absolutely love this because I think Pierre Hood has done more to spread the good word about the French language than anyone else, anyone else. And like, I know the Quebec government loves to, to, to fight against English, but what they're doing there is that they're, they're not promoting French at the same time. What Pierre Oud does is he promotes a beautiful language and this guy is a pro, great, great vocabulary, but it's not contrived. And um, I wish that I spoke as beautifully as, as Pierre Oud because he's just a poet constantly. And I think, in my opinion, he should be regarded as one of the best play-by-play -play guys in the history of the NHL. Like, I'm putting him right up there with um, René Le Cavalier, who, in my opinion, he's who I grew up with. He was the best. But yes, Pierre Oud is a treasure. He's a really good guy. And he's done... All the immigrants that come to Canada and start watching IDS, they'll learn French through it. So I think that it's... Culturally, he's had such a huge impact. It's... It, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I see him as a legend, but I also see him as an underrated way to spread the good word about the French language and uh, uh, again like it's just kind of like when people would say oh they came to the United States and they watched Seinfeld well people are coming to, to learn English people are coming to Canada and they're watching uh, Pierre Hood to learn French and that's just mwah, that's beautiful right like how can you not love something like that so yeah shout out to Pierre Hood I think he's gonna be a hall of famer and in my opinion 
one of the best play-by-play -play guys of all time. Yeah, so as Trinka mentions here, a uh, French customer came in, worked yesterday, watching the Habs press conference, press conferences as well, made you feel more uh, comfortable dusting your elementary French. Because everyone that I hear when I'm like, do you speak French? They're like, oh, I forgot it, but I took, what is, what's it called? Immersion, French immersion. Apparently French immersion doesn't teach French because <laughs> everyone loses it, but it's always a great way. Hey, quit. Même moi. Uh, like, you know, I am, I am a Francophone. Um, I was losing my French a little bit when I lived in Ottawa, but even me, when I listen to Pierre, my French gets better. It's, it's just, it's a joy to listen to him. So, okay. So we're going to see. Oh, David's gone. Salut, David. I'm going to say bye to Claire, even though she's not here. Thank you so much. And sorry about this view again. I, I, I should have adjusted before we went. But hey, there were no other technical issues. So I'm going to see you all tomorrow. They're facing the Kings. And uh, we're going to have Marco D'Amico, my colleague over at Montreal Hockey Now, is going to join us. So in the meantime, I want to thank absolutely everyone. We're seeing David here, Melissa, Logan, Trinka. Thank you so much, everyone. A, a reminder uh, to our friend Bernardo. Um, I don't hate Josh Anderson, but as you asked, do I think he should go to the AHL? Hey, he's getting top six minutes now. And that was the thing that he didn't have before. He was not getting top six minutes. He wasn't looking good. Slavkovsky had one of his best games of his life tonight. So that's a really encouraging sign. We're going to hope he keeps that momentum until tomorrow. In the meantime, merci beaucoup tout le monde. And we will see you tomorrow. And I'm going to make sure that my camera is set up specifically so when we go to solo, it won't just be a floating head. All right, salut tout le monde. Yeah!